Qala, Fir'aun, he got very upset over here. He said, Amantum lahu, you believed in him qabla an adhana lakum before I even allowed you? How dare you believe in Musa without taking my permission? Does this remind you of something? Who says to you, but you never asked me, I never allowed you? Huh? Okay, parents. Are you a parent? Okay. So see, a parent is saying that this is something that parents say. Meaning people in authority, people who really you know, want to control. Right? For a good reason or a bad reason. The reason, that's not something that we're discussing here, but people in authority, they demand that nothing be done except by their permission. Now there are many things for which obviously you need permission. So for instance, if you want to take your dad's car, you better take his permission. Right? If you want to invite 15 friends over for Super Bowl, or your brother rather, then he better take permission. Right? Or if you want to go out to party somewhere, then you better take permission. But what happens if someone starts to control your life to such an extent that they don't allow you to wear certain shoes? They don't allow you to wear certain clothes to you know, a party somewhere. What happens? You feel suffocated. You're like, come on, I'm an adult now. I can decide for myself which hijab I should wear. I can decide for myself if I should wear my pink dress clothes or my purple dress clothes. Why do I need your permission all the time? Right? So we see that Fir'aun, he controlled his people so much that he didn't even give them the freedom of choice when it came to faith, when it came to belief. They weren't allowed to change their belief without his permission. And this is something that we need to take lesson from. And I'm especially speaking to the mothers and the adults over here, and the big siblings also. Okay, That just because you're older, and just because you own the house, and just because you are of a higher status in the family, doesn't mean you dictate everything in that house, in that family. You know, it's amazing how sometimes a person who is 25 years old, he even has a wife. But the mother is deciding what the son should wear and what the daughter-in-law should wear and where they should go and how long they should go for. Come on, let them grow up. Let them make mistakes. So much so that parents are deciding if the couple should even have a child or not. Who are we to decide? Give them their freedom. Give them their the will that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them. This is unfair. This is like being a Fir'aun in the house. You can't eat this, you can't cook this, you can't bake this, you can't put the dishes here, you can't wash them this way, and you can't turn the dishwasher on in this way. I mean, okay, there are certain rules that everybody needs to abide by, but what's the big deal if the you know washing soap was put here instead of there? What's the big deal if the dishes were washed in this way or that way? What's the big deal if your son wore blue pants or black pants? What is it? Come on, make your life easy and make the life of other people easy as well. Trust them. Let them take responsibility of themselves. Let them grow up. Let them make mistakes. Give them their space so that their mind can function. And unfortunately, when we try to become like a Fir'aun in the house, then that is when our relationship with our most loved ones is ruined. Ruined completely. Give space. Give space to people. Don't control their lives completely. So Fir'aun, what did he do over here? He said, أَمَنْتُمْ لَهُ قَبْلَ أَنْ آذَنَ لَكُمْ How dare you believe without my permission? He said, إِنَّهُ لَكَبِيرُكُمْ Indeed, he is surely, 
your leader, your kabir. Who is your kabir? Musa. He is your leader. Alladhi allamakum usihr. And he's taught you all this magic. See, his stick turned into a snake and you also did the same thing and it was just a show. Really? Musa a.s. when did he meet the magicians before this day? When did he teach them magic? He was in Madian for so many years. How could he be their leader? But propaganda, propaganda. You see Fir'aun doing that. He's saying things that are completely baseless. Completely baseless. And he threatens them. He says, فَلَأُقَطِّعَنَّ أَيْدِيَكُمْ I will surely definitely cut your hands وَأَرْجُلَكُمْ and your feet مِنْ خِلَافٍ from opposite sides. So for some people, their right hand and their left foot. For other people, their left hand and their right foot. وَلَا أُصَلِّبَنَّكُمْ I'm not going to leave you there. I'm going to kill you. I'm not going to kill you in a very easy way, in a very quick and efficient way. No, I'm going to crucify you. فِي جُذُورِ النَّخْلِ In the trunks of date palms. جُذُور is a plural of جِذْ We have done all of these words before. This is why I'm not going into the detail of every single word. وَلَا تَعْلَمُنَّ And surely you will definitely know. Ayuna, which of us is ashaddu adaban wa abqa? Which of us is more severe in punishment and is more lasting? In other words, he's comparing himself with the God of Musa. He's comparing himself with Allah subhanahu wa taala. He says, "Okay, this is my punishment." Musa told you that if you do this magic, his God will exterminate you. Okay, let's see whose punishment is worse, whose punishment is greater. My punishment is greater or the punishment of Musa's God is greater. He's competing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَتَعْلَمُنَّ أَيُّنَا أَشَدُّ عَذَابًا And let's see, you will find out who is abqa, more lasting. Meaning who will remain for long. Do I win or Musa wins? Let's see. You see the arrogance and pride that this man has. قَالُوا they said, لَن نُؤْثِرَكَ We shall never prefer you. Ala over Majaana what has come to us min al of clear proofs. Look at the response of the magicians. Clear evidence has come to us. We're never going to prefer you over the haq. And we're never going to prefer you Walladi and over the one who Fatarana who created us. We're never going to prefer you over this truth that has come to us, and we're never going to prefer you over the one who made us. You see, the magicians, they recognized who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. He made us. Fir'aun didn't make us. There's a clear difference between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and other gods that people claim. And what is that? Allah is the creator. And the gods that others worship, they are not creators. وَالَّذِي فَطَرَنَا And they say, فَقْضِي Go ahead and decree. مَا أَنْتَ قَاضِ Whatever you are going to decree. قَاضٍ Qadi. Have you heard of the word Qadi? Who is Qadi? Judge. So they say, go ahead and decree whatever you are going to decree. Do they sound afraid? They seem to be fearless. Innama, indeed not but. Taqdi, you only decree concerning هذه الحيات dunya, Concerning this life of dunya. Meaning, what are you going to do? You're going to kill us? Fine. Go ahead. What are you going to do? Whatever you decree, it's only going to be effective in this life, in this world. It's not going to continue forever. And whatever you do, you can only do here right now, not later in the life hereafter. And this belief, it brings so much hope and so much confidence. It makes a person fearless. 
what is going to happen? What's the most that can happen? What's the maximum that can happen? I'll die? Okay. Fine. What is going to happen? You're going to take my money away? You're going to take my stuff away? Fine. It's only things of this world. And this dunya, how much does it matter? It's temporary anyway. So, فَقْضِي مَا أَنْتَ قَالْدْ إِنَّمَا تَقْضِي هَذِهِ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا You know this realization that إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ We are going to return to Him. This belief in akhirah, in the hereafter, it makes a person confident. This is why Allah says, أَلَا إِنَّ أَوْلِيَاءَ اللَّهِ لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ No fear on them. They're not afraid. They said, إِنَّا آمَنَّا بِرَبِّنَا We have believed in our Lord. We're not going to believe in you, Fir'aun. We're not going to be afraid of you. We're not going to change just because of you. We believe in our Lord, لِيَغْفِرَ لَنَا خَطَايَانَا So that He may forgive us our sins. We hope that God will forgive us for our mistakes. And does Allah forgive? Yes. Especially the person who embraces Islam. His previous sins are forgiven. Not just forgiven, they're converted into good deeds. Imagine. So that his life is not wasted. So for example, if a person lived 40 years as a disbeliever, and then in his 41st year he decides to become a believer, then what happens? It's as if 40 years of his life are cancelled. Everything is converted into good. Everything is converted into good. لِيَغْفِرَ لَنَا خَطَايَانَا And we also hope that He will forgive us for وَمَا And for that which أَكْرَحْتَنَا You forced us. عَلَيْهِ On it, مِنَ السِّحْرِ Of magic. Meaning you compelled us to perform magic. You forced us to do magic. So we hope that Allah will forgive us for that. وَاللَّهُ خَيْرٌ And Allah is better. You say, because look at the words of Fir'aun, right? He said, وَلَتَعْلَمُنَّ أَيُّنَا أَشَدُّ عَذَابًا Right? Which of us is severe in punishment? The magicians say, وَاللَّهُ خَيْرٌ Allah is better than you. And He is also وَأَبْقَى And He is more enduring. He will remain forever because كُلُّ شَيْءٍ هَالِكْ Everything will die. إِلَّا وَجْهَ Except Him. Allah will remain. And everything else will finish. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّهُ Indeed He مَنْ يَأْتِي Whoever comes رَبَّهُ to his Lord مُجْرِمًا as a criminal Whoever comes to Allah as a criminal meaning someone with sins on his record فَإِنَّ لَهُ جَهَنَّمُ Then indeed for him is hell لَا يَمُوتُ فِيهَا He shall not die in it وَلَا يَحْيَا Nor shall he live The one who shows up on the day of judgment as a criminal someone who has not repented then his home is hell. Wherein he shall never die, nor will he live. Imagine, neither dead nor alive. Have you ever seen people who are in a state like that? Like literally in a vegetative state? Like they're not living life as it should be lived, and they're not even dead yet. And if you see a person in a state like that, it makes you feel so bad for them, that you almost want to pray that, Oh Allah, please give them death. Because every moment is so painful for them. Right? And this is just dunya. And a person who is in a state like that is probably pumped up on a lot of drugs or something to kill that pain or to deal with that pain. There's always something. But imagine hellfire. لَا يَمُوتُ فِيهَا وَلَا يَحْيَا And on the other hand, وَمَنْ يَأْتِهِ مُؤْمِنًا Whoever comes to him as a believer, 
قَدْ عَمِلَ الصَّالِحَاتِ Who has done good deeds. فَأُولَٰئِكَ Then those, لَهُمْ for them, الدَّرَجَاتُ الْعُلَىٰ الدَّرَجَاتِ Ranks that are الْعُلَىٰ Highest. Ula is the feminine form of a'la. A'la, highest. Ula, highest. So those for them are highest ranks. Where? Jannatu adnin. Gardens of eternity. Tajri min tahtiha al-anhar. Beneath which rivers flow. Khalidina fiha. Abiding therein eternally. Wadhalika. And that is jaza. Reward for who? Look at the ayah. Read it. Man... The one who purifies himself. Jannah is for who? The one who purifies himself. What is purification? What does that imply? That the substance or the thing that you're trying to purify is not clean. Right? It's not clean. Which is why you need to purify it. So there are problems. So the first step to purification is recognizing Acknowledging one's faults. Acknowledging one's error. The magicians, did they acknowledge their error? They did. They did. When they saw the miracle that Musa salam performed, they recognized immediately that what they were upon was falsehood. And they didn't just recognize it, they also left it. They said, we don't want it anymore. And that's a second step to purification. And that is leaving. Leaving the filth that your life is, or your heart is tainted with. Leave it. Abandon it. No matter what it costs. And then what did they do? The magicians, they left that shirk, they left that magic, and then they remained firm. They remained firm upon the haqq. And that is a third step to purification. Replacing that filth with something good. So three steps to purification. One is acknowledging that there's some cleaning required over here. Secondly, throwing away the garbage. And thirdly, replacing that garbage with good stuff. And the one who purifies his life like this, then Jannah is for him. Jannah is for him. It is not for people who live with garbage in their lives, who ignore that garbage, who don't get rid of that garbage. They fill their lives with more garbage. No recognize that yes, I need to improve myself on this. I need to get rid of this bad habit. I still need to wear this. I still need to do this. Recognize it first and foremost. Then do something towards self-purification. The one who does that, Jannah is for him. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. إِنَّهُ لَكَبِيرُكُمُ الَّذِي عَلَّمَكُمُ السِّحْفِ فَلَأُقَطِّعَنَّ أَيْدِيَكُمْ وَأَرْجُلَكُمْ مِنْ خِلَافٍ وَلَأُصَلِّبَنَّكُمْ فِي جُذُوعِ النَّخْلِ وَلَتَعْلَمُنَّ وَلَتَعْلَمُنَّ أَيُّنَا إِنَّمَا تَقْضِي هَذِهِ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا 
whereas the solution is where? In the Qur'an. The solution is in the Qur'an. That is what we need to turn to, to fix our lives. I just thought it was a little bit amazing how it started off with a conversation between Musa and Pharaoh, but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala focused on the response of the magicians and how when Iman entered their hearts, how they changed. And it didn't focus on like how Musa reacted, but I don't know. It was just really cool how it just shifted. Yeah, that Musa was addressing Pharaoh. He was dealing with him directly, right? But then he didn't ignore the magicians in the middle. He also warned them. But Fir'aun didn't believe, he didn't change, but the magicians did. Right? So never be afraid. Because you never know. The person whom you're not focusing on, somebody else, they might benefit. Hearing about the magicians, I thought about how we need to be really picky about our company. And um, if we can't find Muslim friends, then at least find intelligent friends who can actually like use their logic. Like, don't become friends with like the so-called followers. Like, find leaders because those are people who actually use their brains and like you know. Uh, yeah. Um, I just have two quick things to share. First is when you were talking about the authority and how when we think we're so big and stuff, I'll take one perspective. Actually, I'll take two perspectives. As an older sister in the house, I always boss my sisters around. And now as a wife, I, I boss my husband around. Wow. Because I can't, like, you know, it's just... This is a saying, like, you know, wives are, have to babysit the husband. And then recently I came to a realization. I was like, what, 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 what am I doing? This is not right. He's himself and I'm myself, and we both have our differences, and we have to accept to live with each other and stuff. And same with my sisters, you know, I realized, like, you know, everybody functions in a different way. Just because we're older, we have a bigger hand on the other, doesn't mean we have to overtake them all the time. Second thing, as the sister was mentioning, you know, when Iman really enters your heart, you feel confident and you feel powerful in what you stand with. Like, recently, you know, a sister came up to me, and like I... Sometimes just talk to a couple of sisters about business world, corporate world, and how it's like, you know, we should go about with our deen and like how to balance it and stuff. And sister came up to me and she's like, you know, I'm wearing this for my conference. Do you think it would be okay? And it was just like, you know, a dress with tights and stuff, like a shorter dress, right? And I was like, you know, like, how, why are you going to dress up in such a way? Like, that's selling yourself rather than your skills and stuff. And she told me that, oh, but people around me tell me that abaya is not professional. And I told her, I'm like, you know, I wore abaya for two and a half years in corporate world. I sat with the VPs and nobody questioned that. And that's because I was confident. I was, I had iman and stuff. Don't let people tell you what they want. Everybody have their own perspective and stuff. You just have to believe hardcore in, you know, Islam and stand by it. Only that's going to give you confidence. Very true. Because when we lack that confidence, then we become very impressionable and whatever people tell us to do, we do it. Whatever they want us to say, we say it. Then we have no identity. Assalamu alaikum. One of my friend, he's sick and he has cancer. And what his mother does, uh, she recite uh, Quran and stuff, other things. And she blow in the water and he drinks water. Uh, so I'm just wondering, like, uh, is it uh, something right to yeah. do? As long as it's just Quran. Okay. Okay. As long as it's just Quran, not something else. All right. Because Quran is shifa. Over here. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. 
what the lesson I learned from the story of Moses is he was a human because he got scared in himself. That means we human we have the fear in ourselves when something is going to happen. But that doesn't mean you have to show other people like the fear. So he confer- he hidden the his fear in his heart. He didn't show them. Yes, very true. That's a very important lesson to take. Over there. Raise your hand higher. Assalamualaikum. I don't really have my thoughts organized, but the first thing I want to say that when the magician said that, oh, they're just two magicians, right? They're like Harun um, and Musa al-Islam, they're just magicians. But I was thinking that why would the Fir'aun, like the most authoritative person in the whole like land, why would he conjure up so many people for just two magicians? If they were really just two magicians, then he wouldn't really care about them. And they're like, oh, that's okay. But we see that he did care about them a lot, and we know that that's the truth because... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. And... Um, Honestly, if you look at it from the surface, just two men with one stick, what's the big deal here? Why are you so afraid? Why do you feel so threatened? I mean, this is why people are afraid of Islam so much. right? One Muslim woman walks in and everybody's afraid. Or one Muslim man walks in and everybody's afraid. Why? What's the big deal? Because haq, you know, it really fills people's hearts with fear. Um, also, when the magicians, before they accepted, like, the truth they were organized and they had the skills so what i learned from it is that just because you say that you're a muslim just because you have iman doesn't mean that you have the values of a muslim so we have to have those values and stuff with, like as a person before yes. we think that oh yeah we're yes. great people yes that just because we are focused on our faith doesn't mean we forget other aspects of our faith because organization and discipline is a big part of our faith I mean, if you think about it, salah in jama'ah, what is that? In rows, right? The Prophet ﷺ was so organized. So sometimes we think the only thing that is necessary and important is ibadah, Qur'an. Yes, it is, but along with that, being organized. Assalamu alaikum. The one lesson that I picked up and it's been going around in my head is that when Fir'aun asked Musa Islam, you know, what happened to the previous nations, right? And how he answered, I think it was really, really beautiful. Like he didn't downsize the deen or he didn't, you know, cut off parts. He said what was technically the truth that, you know, Allah knows best and he doesn't forget nor, and he's not unjust, right? He knows who did what and who deserves what. Allah knows best. We don't know that. So I think... I mean, it's so applicable to me when I go to school, right? Many times we get questioned about, you know, small little things. And especially like Mother Teresa is a common example. Gandhi is a common example, right? And, you know, these people, if your religion says that Muslims only go to hell, I mean heaven, then every other person must be going to hell. And then many times we end up compromising on the deen so that we don't lose them for the sake of da'wah. But over here Allah gives example that you don't need to do that. You can just... Leave it to Allah and yes. say that you know Allah will judge according to what is right. Yes. And one more thing we see in the response of Musa is that he goes back to what he was saying, right? That he continues describing who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. So sometimes it may happen that you are talking to someone and there is a person with nail polish on their nails and no hijab and somebody asks, Well, are you allowed to wear nail polish? Is hijab necessary? What can you say at that time? that this is not the topic of our discussion right now. We are actually discussing something else. Inshallah, we'll deal with that at some other point. 
I just wanted to point out how yesterday we were learning about how Allah, He plans everything for you. And in the story of Musa alayhi salam, the uh, magicians, they were forced to do magic by Pharaoh. And if they hadn't been forced to do it, they wouldn't have realized that what Musa alayhi salam was showing them was really a miracle and it wasn't just magic. Yes. Yes, very true. Because you see, sometimes we draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the biggest mistakes that we've made. Assalamualaikum. I was just reflecting over how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically mentioned that Musa salam felt afraid and um, then he directed him back to something familiar, his staff in his hand, which was a miracle. And again, that's reflective of us when we feel nervous or scared or anxious and it can be a very natural feeling, but the Quran, which we're familiar with, is something that we should be turning to. Yes. So I was just remembering the statement of Umar when he said that uh, like Allah gave us honor with our religion and if we try to find it in any other way by um, like us as a community if we try to seek our honor through some anything other than religion we can't find honor any other way yes at the back Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. One thing that really overwhelmed me was the doors of mercy of Allah. These were magicians of Fir'aun. And what we don't realize on a daily basis is shaitan tricks us. If we missed Fajr, if we hurt somebody, if we deceived, if we bribed, backbited, we sometimes avoid uh, looking at our sin, even forgetting about our sin, but never going back to Allah and making tawbah. And these people who definitely had a huge sin on their heart and in their actions made tawbah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved their tawbah so much that He included it in the Quran word by word. So I think never lose... The, Hope in the mercy of Allah because the greater the sin, the more the reward if you do tawbah. Yes, very true. Okay, all the way in the front, please. Assalamu alaikum. Um, so there's this page on Instagram called Muslims of the World, and it's just like Muslims from like around the world who post their picture and they like say a story of themselves. So there's this one girl who like she's not a hijabi, but like she tries her best to be a good Muslim. And one day she was in like I don't know like a food court or something, and she saw a Muslim man who was eating food and it was like pork. And then she went and she went to go tell him like a part of her was like should I tell him? So she just told him anyways. So when she went to go tell him what you're eating has pork in it, he looked at her and he goes like, Are you wearing a hijab? And he just continued to make her feel guilty that she's not wearing a hijab and just continued eating his meal. So if somebody like tells you something about Islam, like don't just judge them. Think about yourself and like um, think. Yeah. Because we focus on other people's mistakes. And the first step to improvement is realizing our own mistake. And this also teaches us that before we, just because we're not doing something doesn't mean that we have no right to remind other people. I mean, we should also remind others. But at the same time, also look at yourself. It's easy to find faults in other people, but what about ourselves? And um, very much related to what the sister just said. It's uh, when we talk about Amle Saliha. So, saying the right thing, but it needs to be said in the right place and the right timing is usually important too, so that you don't like um, have people turn away from the right message. Like maybe your intention is not to embarrass them, but you don't place people in positions where you embarrass people. And sometimes, I mean, that happens even, it could be in a mosque or something, or maybe you will have a young person come in and somebody look fashionable or not dressed up properly. So if somebody just pick on them and start telling them, though you're not praying right or you're not dressed up right, maybe they will never come again. Hmm. And this one is very much related to what we talked about, how to be in the family for adults too. 
and sometimes the way we address our own children we kind of have them turn away yes. and shaitan has his own ways and he tries to take us away from the right path and sometimes we are trying to do the right thing but we are having people turn away so sometimes we adults forget that we need to learn it too proper yes. ways of doing things yes. towards our families to our children to bring them back or do things and it doesn't have to be boring jazakallah <laughs> khair I mean, it's quite possible that you are 100% right. But just because you adopt the wrong methodology, you turn somebody away. Right? So the question that Musa a.s. was asked, فَمَا بَالُ الْقُرُونِ الْأُولَى What was the answer? I mean, it was 100% true, whatever Musa a.s. would say. But he was wise over there, and he adopted the right methodology. So it's not about what you say, but how you say, and when you say. Assalamu alaikum. Um, today an ayah that really stood out to me and that inshallah I plan on sharing with my family is that Jannah is for the one who purifies himself. The one who puts effort and strives to purify himself is the one who's going to get Jannah. And the path to Jannah is not easy and we have to strive in order to get it. Yes. Jazakallah khair. I was just thinking that even though you, Musa salam, he was going to the Pharaoh, right? It, it was a big deal, right? So he, even though he was going, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminded him that remember the attitude of a Muslim, remember the characteristics of a Muslim. You know, when you're going to him, still be gentle, still talk to him nicely, right? When you're going to him, don't become arrogant, still be confident. But Yes, and don't be negligent in my dhikr. Over there. Okay, go ahead, please. Please listen, this everybody. Husband talks here. And uh, I cannot resist myself, you know. If you have that conviction, if you have the knowledge of Quran, if you have the knowledge of deen, dunya, and you are organized, and you are focused for Jannah. So you girls are, I just wanted to give you a tip, because there is no course to be skillful as a marital life. Quran is the best way to learn how to be skillful. And I know somebody that uh, the wife was so focused and uh, praying and fulfilling his all the duties, And the husband was very, very aggressive, very high-tempered. And when people asked that, what's happened? He said, I am scared of this lady. <laughs> you know, because Allah put... He said he was scared of his wife. Okay. <laughs> Allah put something, 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 you know, if you are focused, there was condition, you have to be focused. That is the tip and skill of the marital life. <laughs> Thank you. Assalamu alaykum. For me, to Islam... I'm very happy. I feel like the Quran was talking to me today because I had an argument with my married son yesterday and the younger one told me, Mom, when he left, he said, uh, Mom, can I uh, say something? And I said, No, no, no. I'm the mother. You keep quiet. And then, he, then I realized, no, I'm not directing him properly. Then I said, Okay, come and talk to me. And then he said to me, Mom, both of you are right. But both of you misunderstood each other completely. I was paying attention to your conversation, and he's right, and you're right, but both of you are same, similar. You're both thick-headed, you both feel you're right. And then I said, I don't feel like you're telling me anything. I'm still the mother. You still have to listen to me. And subhanAllah, my son who's married, he left, and I thought to myself, did he just leave and didn't say anything? And I didn't realize he was in the garage for one hour. He couldn't drive. He couldn't go anywhere. And in my heart, I kept saying, Allah, please take him safe. Please don't punish him. And then I realized, but I'm not telling him anything. You know, 
and he had food and he left the food and he went. So his sister came home and she said, Mom, whose food is it? I said, oh, that brother of yours, he just left it. I said, no, Mom, he's in the garage. So she took the food and she took him. I said, he's in the garage? She said, yeah. And I looked at the time and I saw it is one hour. And I said, oh, I don't have authority here. So I called back my younger son. And I said, come here. Tell me what I was wrong. Then I can fix it. And what he was wrong. And subhanallah, it started something so small that you cannot imagine. But I, now that I'm listening to these eyes, I feel that I abuse the authority. You know, that you don't realize... It's very hard for the mother to say, I'm sorry. But I realize now that my son could not drive because he felt that if anything happens to him, I am angry at him. I am so happy. I came this morning thinking, will I get an answer today? And subhanAllah, I got a big answer that I feel so happy that I know everybody has an, do not abuse your authority, whether you are a mother or a wife or a child, you know. MashaAllah, my youngest son is so, subhanAllah, the way he looked at both of us and said, Mommy, this is a very small thing, but both of you don't realize it. There was nothing here. And actually, there was nothing. It's just like, why are you saying this and why are you saying it? Something so small. And the thing is that when we are focused on our own mistakes or when we have a bigger goal in our lives, then these little things, they don't bother us that much. Then really, it's not a problem if your son wears blue pants or black pants. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal if somebody put the dishes in a different way because those dishes are not the purpose of your life. Alhamdulillah, sister. Thank you very much for sharing. And this was a very personal thing to share. And um, But when we look at, like, whether we are Muslims or not, like, people are part of families and they are in different relationships, whether in the role of a parent or a child or daughter-in-law or mother-in-law. And um, for everybody, there is the first, like, you are the parent first time or you are the mother or a first older sibling or mother-in-law. And there's a lot of things that, Nobody has taught you what to do or you are in a different surrounding and people usually uh, interact or deal with things uh, the way they have seen culturally. So people who have migrated, a lot of parents, they do not have any interaction other than their own homes. So they do not even understand uh, the struggles of their children outside. And then if we are just like keep on telling them and telling them and we are frustrating or making them guilty, it doesn't always work. And, and one of the greatest teaching tools is um, creating some scenarios like, okay, if, if this happened, and what would you do? Or if this happened, or how would you deal with the situation? Um, so that way you're kind of giving them some solutions. Yes. Otherwise, most of the time, they might make a mistake and they are so fearful that they will not come back to you. And so you do not want to create your fear in your children's hearts. Plus, once again, like, shaitan is so powerful. Now, you're trying to do the right thing, but if you're, God forbid, abusing your son-in-law or your daughter-in-law, destroying your own iman that way. Your own deeds. And because, I mean, if that's like abusing another person's rights, and that is so wrong. So 
I think there should be more women getting together, learning from each other is important because you're trying to do the right thing, but you're not fair to your children. And Allah Ta'ala has given mothers Jannah, but your children has rights too. Like you don't have a right to do unfair things to them. Very true. That just because we are in a position of authority doesn't mean we can do whatever we feel like doing. We are answerable. كُلُّكُمْ رَاعٍ وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولٌ Allah is going to question us. Last comment, inshallah. Assalamualaikum again. Um, I want to go back to the point about the purification and like Allah's mercy because I think that after before he said the criminals will be going to like hell, but after that he says not like he says the people who purify themselves. So I feel like Allah's acknowledging that we do make mistakes and we're always going to be making mistakes because we're humans. Yes. And we have to go back to Him. Yes. And because see. The one who comes on the day of judgment as a criminal, meaning he didn't acknowledge his mistakes, he didn't fix those mistakes, he remained like that and he showed up on the day of judgment like that, then he is going to hell. Because where does garbage go? Something that's filled with garbage goes in the dump. Right? But the person who realizes his mistakes and he changes himself, then his home will be Jannah. وَذَلِكَ جَزَاءُ مَنْ تَزَكَّى so that is the lesson that we need to take for ourselves. Subhanakallahum wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.